Parsons. And I'm Shauna West. Welcome to the Creative Exponent Podcast. This is a place where we talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the Creative Exponent. Hello. Shauna, did you want to say anything this time? <laughs> yes, I do like popping in and just being like, yeah, hey, what's up? I know. So usually I plow, so we're still working out the rhythm of all this because usually I just like plow through the um, <laughs> the introduction and then Shauna's just like, hey. <laughs> So I was giving her a chance to like giving yeah. her a moment. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, it's nice. I'm excited. Uh, you know, we don't, well, guys, we used to FaceTime a ton when we were getting ready um, to launch the Creative Exponent. And so now this is also my my chat FaceTime with Mary. And so I'm just like, well, hey, yeah, we're here. That's right. How's it going? This, this is our chance to hang <laughs> out with right. each other. You just get to hear it. So that's right. Anyway, what we're going to talk about today is if you are thinking of starting a creative business, then we have a few things, I think we're going to go over maybe about five things that you should be Mm -hmm. doing first. And I feel like this is an important conversation to have because now anytime anybody's doing something creatively, you're drawing, you knit, you're, you know, you're a maker, let's just say, then because it's so like, there's so many outlets to sell your work or to show your work. Mm -hmm. I think it's this common thing of like, well, you've got to turn it into a business or a side hustle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You've got (laughs) to open an Etsy shop or become a freelancer. So there's all this, like, there's kind of this wave that carries you into that. And, um, we just want to talk through some things to really think through before you take that step. And if you've already, let's just say that wave carried you, like you're there. (laughs) You're already (laughs) in deep. Yeah. You're like, yeah, wait a second. I passed the breakers already. Uh, how did I get here? Then we're going to talk about, I think these will be good for you anyway to then say, okay, let me take a minute and reassess and make sure that I'm really where I want to be. And that, I'm kind of, I kind of have this good foundation set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and these things are, you know, yeah, I mean, I think you can go back and revisit, you know, these things over and over. And really, I think if we're smart as creative business owners, you know, we will, because it is, you know, as we've talked about a million times, and I'm sure we'll say it a million more, the work is so personal to us, you know, so we probably will need to revisit and, you know, go back and reassess where we are, you know, in our, in our work and in our personal approach to the work, um, you know, how, how we use it for, you know, encouragement or bolstering or, you know, for negativity and frustration, you know, so I think it's something we will revisit. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. It's, there are just so many foundational things that are good to revisit in a business. It's so easy to get caught up in like the day-to-day things and then just like neglect the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we would say, number one is before you start a business, you should be creating privately for yourself. (laughs) Like give yourself time to develop your own voice without an audience giving you all this input, without having the pressure of having to make money off of it. Um, it just changes the game once it, you know, yeah. becomes something that's uh, a profit earning machine, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so it's important to just be 
um, really like what we've talked about in upholding, you know, kind of fostering that creativity Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, that you're just giving yourself the time and not just diving straight in, which actually, it's funny that I'm giving this advice because that's my tendency. <laughs> like, I hey, I made it. Let's sell it. <laughs> Let's, both of us, really, guys, okay? This is not, we. this is lessons learned after the fact, you know? Um, right. So this is, this is what we would say to ourselves about a decade ago. So um, I think that that's, that's probably fair to mention. So you know, <laughs> like we don't, we do not follow our own advice just no. to be very clear. No, but you know, we didn't know we were, you know, I think just by nature, that's our personalities, you know, is to just, you know, I had a background in business. So pretty much to me, anything that had promise was sort of, okay, well, let me think about this. Can I, can I take this and turn it into, you know, into something and you, I think it's just your nature and your personality, you know? So I think we both just are are that way by nature. And, you know, that's okay. Um, I but, think it's that, the, that theater ham in yeah, me that it's maybe, like, maybe. you know, uh, okay, well, I'm doing it. Let's do it on a stage. Let's do this. You know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> you are very comfortable with that part. So that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably, yeah, probably it. I think, I think so. But so looking... So if you are someone who's just, you did dive straight in, um, there, I think the advantage to that is then you are making money off of something that can then yeah. allow you, like give you some funds to be able to buy better supplies, to be able to mm-hmm. get, um, you know, maybe some ongoing training to buy books that can help yeah. you out, whatever. So I think there's an advantage to that. The disadvantage is, you know, maybe you're, you're selling your work before you're really feeling, you know, uh, ready. Like it's really, yeah. Like, and Mm -hmm. you know, so we did talk about starting before you're ready. So there, there's definitely this, this fine line. And I don't think there's like this magic place for everybody where it's like, okay, at this point, this is when you're ready to like start selling and launch it to the world. Um, and, and oftentimes I think we just kind of follow our gut and in hindsight, we can say, yes, that was the perfect time for me. Mm -hmm. Or man, I really wish I had taken a little bit more time to develop my work before I started selling it, but you know, it's already out there. So let's just go with it, you know? Yeah. 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 Yep. Just go with it and keep going. So this advice is really just, um, yeah, I think just to be aware, to do those sort of the the gut checks and see, am mm. I am I ready? Do I feel like it? Um, but not at the same time, not um, stalling and then never right. doing it. Like well, if you've yeah. been if you've been knitting for like ten years, like you you're good to go. You <laughs> can good. go ahead and start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's a difference between you know, preparation and, and feeling, you know, like, yeah, this is the right moment and, and being paralyzed, you know, there's right. that there is a, yes, there's a fine balance between starting before you're ready and, you know, all that. But at the same time, it's not, um, you know, it's not that you're, you're going to be absolutely, uh, you know, a hundred percent prepared and you're also probably going to stall a little bit and that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, there yep. is a, there is a good, a good middle, middle ground, but you know, I think that first point is, so important to be able to figure out how can I create for myself, you know, and that does go back to sort of the foundational 
um, you know, first podcast episodes and, and really the foundation of the creative exponent in general, you know, how can we sort of ground ourselves in our creative work, you know, so that when we do decide to share it in whatever way we decide to share it, and in this case, we're talking about turning it into a business, we're ready, you know, we're prepared, we're, you know, as we can be um, yeah. for any negative feedback, for competition, for, you know, burnout, for all, all those things, you know, when we sort of foster that creativity just for ourselves, you know, like you mentioned, creating privately, it's, that's a, that's a really big gift. It's a big tool in the toolbox, you know, to go back to, I think. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know it is. Definitely. So I would say number two is make sure you actually want it to be a business. And that's, <laughs> that's a great, <laughs> that's a very important stuff. Um, and Which again, sounds, in this, you know, look, we know that sounds intuitive, but it's not always because there's a no, lot of pressure now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, when you have everybody telling you, oh my gosh, that's so cute. You should yep. make it and sell it. Sell and it. you like, you, you hear that again and again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And especially maybe if you're in a position where you really need the money. Um, right, right. My business was started because we needed the money. And yeah. so it, I mean, it was started, I was fortunate enough to start a business doing something that I really enjoyed doing anyway. But mm-hmm. um, doing what you love as a business can also be a pretty quick way to kill what you love. Oh, gosh, so, yeah. yeah. So you have to make sure that you really want to turn it into a business and everything that comes with it, all the taxes mm-hmm. and insurance and the paperwork and the, just all of the, the, the things that the, the, yeah. cl- the clients, the customers, the, um, in some cases, the regulations, if you're mm-hmm. in like a, a cottage food industry or, um, you know, you're making something that, that has some kind of regulation around it. Children's toys is another yeah. one. Um, you know, you have to deal with all that. You can't just say, well, cause I'm making it out of my house. It doesn't matter. Um, it still does matter. And you're mm-hmm. still, right. um, in most cases still under those same regulations. So, uh, so yeah, you just have to make sure that you really want to. So I think journaling about that is a really important thing and also doing plenty of research to see what is involved with turning oh, yeah. this hobby into a business, yeah. what all is going to come with it. Yeah. And I think too, you know, I remember actually, you know, so when I started, um, you know, the blog actually started first and then, uh, because I was doing custom pieces, you know, within, I think a month of actually writing the first blog post, cause I had been kind of doing it for friends and, you know, people like that. So then, um, started doing custom work and, and then eventually in which we've, I think we've referenced this, but opened a little, tiny antique space and that grew over the next you know four to six months but I do remember looking at a building trying to decide okay am I gonna you know am I going to take this stuff and sort of have my own space and it was a pretty big leap I mean I was gonna go from a few hundred square feet to like 3,000 square feet that first time Um, and I did I absolutely made a list like that like okay what is this gonna what is, what is going to be entailed in this? You know, how yeah. committed am I going to be? How difficult is it going to be for me to get out of this? How small can I start even in this big space? I think that's a really important question. How, yeah. especially when you're getting started, how can I take this creative work that I love and start small enough to see how I feel about this being a business? Because if you're just one woman, one man, and this is something you do because you love it, 
Um, I think that that is a really wise kind of cautious first step to say, how can I start this and break even? Forget about like, you know, sorry, this is going to be a little counterintuitive to you business majors out there. (laughs) Don't build a business model or a business projection based on these, you know, arbitrary numbers of what could you make if you sold this. Well, guess what? I mean, that's great and all, but like... um, How about what do you need to make so that you and your family don't lose money, you know, trying this? Um, You know, what can you do to kind of So you don't have a very, very expensive, time-consuming hobby. Hobby, (laughs) right. You know, I mean, I think that's wise. And then then once you kind of assess that, you could say, well, you know, okay, so let's say you're, I don't know, you're making wreaths, you know, and you decide, well, you know, if I make and sell... 15 in a month, then, you know, that's, I'm not going to lose any money doing that. It's going to be worth my time, you know, and that gives me a chance to, to try it, to test it, to see if I enjoy it. And, you know, I do think while we're saying some of these sort of as prep or cautions, you know, just things to consider the benefit of, you know, the online space now and having an Etsy store or something like that, you can, if you're, if you take time, you can really prepare and, and not put yourself, you know, in a, in a position where you've got a lot of overhead and a lot of, you know, fixed costs outside of, you know, your supplies and your time. So, um, it is a wise, it is a wise question to ask, you know, how can I start this in a small way and see how I feel about it? I, I love that question because I feel like, um, yeah, like you said, it's so doable now to start small. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go out and buy a storefront or no. lease a space and make these big commitments that are, you know, very scary and stressful. Yeah. Um, that can come later when you have ready, sort yeah. of, yeah, when you have sort of a history of, okay, here's how much I'm making. I'm able to afford to do this. Um, so I, yeah, I think that's awesome. And starting small just allows you to put your feelers out because sometimes things like my business started in decorative painting and murals. And mm-hmm. I thought that's what I was going to do. And I ended up shifting more to antiques and furniture. And then it, yeah. it just continued to change and evolve, um, based on what I learned. Like I didn't even mm-hmm. really know about blogs when I started. So it, it, it just, when you start small, you're just a little bit more agile and yep. you can change. Yep. You don't have like a hundred thousand dollars invested in whatever. Making that now this it's one like, product. Right. Right. It's like, I am all in and this is, this is where I have to go. <laughs> this is so, where we are. <laughs> and I would say, so where you did a bunch of research before you went and opened your store, like when I started a paint line, it was very much like, Hey, let's just... <laughs> Let's just do this, you know? Uh, I, my plan for it was absolutely ridiculous to, like, actually um, just order the the mm-hmm. raw materials and then actually package it in my basement, which would have been oh, I incredibly... I remember. <laughs> and to me, that was, like, a perfectly reasonable plan, but well, it's, like, completely yeah, it unsafe. Been. It like, would have been no, if it hadn't been successful. <laughs> no, not even... But even if it was small scale, like, just the idea of packaging yeah. stuff in your basement when it's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's powder that's going to be, you know, airborne and it's just not everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It just was not a good plan. And, um, and I really, you know, you talk about changing the tire on the car while it's moving. I mean, <laughs> it was like crash course in owning a paint line over the next few years <laughs> of learning about like just everything that comes with it. And yeah. so, 
Yeah, I would, if I had to do it all over again, I would definitely do a lot of research to make sure that I really knew um, what I was getting into. Sure. So yeah, so definitely make sure you want it to be a business, do your research. Um, The next thing we'd say is to make sure you're already disciplined about your creativity, Mm -hmm. that you're already, yeah, you've already like, um, we actually talked about it in the last episode that you've already like you're protecting that creative time. Mm -hmm. You're already doing it regularly. It's already something that's scheduled because if you're not disciplined about your creativity, you know, or your creative endeavor and you turn it into a business where you have to be create, you have to be disciplined with it, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to like, it's not a switch that's now going to all of a sudden start happening. You're going to struggle with making it a priority then. And then it's a problem when you have, you know, you have clients waiting for you or customers who, you know, want to place an order and you Mm -hmm. don't have anything in your shop or whatever. So it's important to have that established before you get into it. And I will say like, (laughs) whereas I wasn't prepared and didn't do my research and all of that, um, long before I started a business, creativity was a a habit and a discipline for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think you know, outside of even your clients waiting on you and, and that, because that is probably, I would say, well, I don't know, it could be equally um, a challenge, but that's a big challenge. But also, what do you do once it becomes a business and it's busy enough that you are so wrapped up in the business side, you know, of your creative business that you you are not doing the thing that's actually the backbone of now the business, you know, um, you're yeah. not able to pour time into, you know, your creative work because there is such a large to-do list that was not there when this was just done for you and your family or people you loved or even just for yourself, you know. Um, it's it's very, very easy at that point to, you know, you're just, you're trying to knock things off your list each day. And unless we develop sort of this disciplined approach to our creativity and do give it the time like we talked about you know in our last episode it it just very quickly it goes away and I mean think about even the you know even if you're a small company but but up to a huge I mean a huge company like Apple or you know any any kind of large industry there are brilliant creatives at work there every day and they have to have time to think they have to have Mm -hmm. time to to be creative, to explore, to dream, to come up with new ideas, to brainstorm, to have bad ideas, you know. And there's a reason that, you know, often the major creative brain is not the CEO of a company because the CEO is not usually the one who gets to spend all their time doing creative work. Now, sometimes that that works out. But often you've got to have... You've got to have creative teams even in large organizations. So it's the same. Think about our smaller, you know, smaller businesses. We've got to have, um, we have to be really disciplined and, and ourselves, you know, in ourselves and convince ourselves it is important, you know, to take the time or it just, you know, it just slips away before you know it. You haven't painted or photographed or sewed or made what it is you make in three weeks. You know, you'll look up and right. you've not even had a chance. So it's just easy to do. It is. And that def- definitely happens because um, the the little things like, um, you know, just like website maintenance or going and doing your mm-hmm. social media posts or yeah. 
making sure your bank accounts are reconciled and taking care of some bookkeeping. And then, (laughs) oh my gosh, yeah, you can spend like a whole day doing, and you're like, oh my gosh, I did nothing Mm -hmm. that I can blog about or share on Instagram or that I can sell. It's just all been these little like maintenance things. Yeah. Yeah. So it is important to have that, um, that creative time and to Mm -hmm. protect it and have that discipline there in place already. Um, you'll still struggle with it. It's always a struggle because people are always competing for your time, but, um, but doing it as a habit before you start a business Mm -hmm. is going to get you ahead already. Yeah. 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 I think so too. So the next point, I'm going to let you introduce this one because this is like, (laughs) this is Shauna's passion spot. Like (laughs) (laughs) you want to get her going. She is like, she is on fire about this. Yeah. She calls me a Baptist preacher a lot of times. So yeah, I do tend to, I do do tend to. She does. (laughs) There's like, there's like pulpit pounding and hand raising that that's (laughs) happening sometimes with, with, this particular topic. I can't help it, man. I mean, I'm just that way in life in general. So yes, if it if it's if it's a passion point, that's a good phrase, then yes. So the next thing we would say is for you early on, I mean, okay, if you've already started, stop and make sure you've done it. Um, if you haven't, this is super important. Establish establish your why, you know, and and we would say while that may sound uh, super fluffy and super, I don't know, just cheesy, you know, and you might not read it in every business book that you come across, although now I would say you're going to find it in more than than not. Yeah, it's much um, more a part of the mm-hmm. conversation. But so can you back up a minute? And for yeah. people who haven't heard this expression before, like, what's your why? Can you like break it down to the very basic? What what does that mean? What's sure. your why? How do you kind of find that? Yeah, I mean, why, why is it important? Yeah, why do you do what you love? Why are you doing what you love and turning it into a business? What What is the why? Why do I do this? You know, yeah. for me, um, it's a lot of things. And I think as you develop your brand or develop um, your product line or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, that why does grow. But, you know, at the bare, bare bones for me, my why is simply, you know, I, I want to connect with people. I want to... Um, I want to share my story, not because my story is more important than someone else's, but because I believe stories matter. I believe that um, that people are craving genuine, authentic connection, and I want to I want to do that whether it's in my daily life at the grocery store, um, as much as I have to fight my sort of introverted, extrovert, weird personality because I do have <laughs> a bit of both. <laughs> I want to I want to do that. I want to foster that. I want to foster um, you know, hope and encouragement. And that's really um, you know, that's really the why. So then as I move through the decisions in my business, I can use that as a filter. Do is this yeah. new is this new project, is this new product, is this new, you know, series on the blog or whatever the thing is, you know, like the creative exponent. Is the creative exponent, does it line up with my my why in regards to business? So yeah. I mean that's that's it. I know that's wordy, but 
Why do you do what you love? No, I, yeah. I think that's I think that's a good way to put it because yeah. I think um, again it can be kind of this lofty thing like oh, yeah. why why do you do what you do? <laughs> you know, and it's like I don't know. I, I don't need know. to make I need to buy groceries. So right. there we go. That's why and I'm I doing can make this. this thing. Yeah, right, right. So <laughs> I think that there can be like it can be as simple as like you know we just need the money. I need to supplement mm-hmm. our income because money's really tight, or I'd love to be able to. Um, save up for a kid's college fund yeah. or, or whatever it might be. So the why can be, you know, this very personal thing. And I think then there also can be this component of like, well, why are you, why did you pick the thing yeah. that you're doing? Yeah. So, yeah. And I actually, while you were just talking, I found, so I had written down like what my why is. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd share that as just an example. So yeah. my why is I want to encourage, inspire, and empower others to discover and utilize their creativity despite real or perceived obstacles. Yep. And so when we were talking about the creative exponent, it's like, yeah, that fits perfectly yep. with, with what I want. And if you read, um, I wrote a book several years ago called Inspired You, and that really, you know, it's all about empowering people and encouraging them mm-hmm. to, to basically do what they have in their home and to yeah. make it this space that's beautiful um, out, of, out of a love for their family. And right. so... All the, you know, all these steps that I've taken, all these different aspects of my business, I've been able to say like, okay, this, this fits. I've been able to put it through, um, through that that filter. filter. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And then if there's something that it's like, you know, this is not really fitting. This is just something that I took on because the opportunity was there. I just felt like I couldn't say no, or it just, you know, maybe the money was good, whatever. And so I'm finding myself more and more as I get into it that I'm like, I I really look back at that why a lot. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if something in my business is not fitting in that, even if it's something that's profitable, usually it's something I'm not enjoying. (laughs) It's like soul sucking. Um, And so it's just time to reassess it and maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. make some changes. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the most important things, you know, by establishing that and sort of, and to me, it's sort of the backbone of, of many other filters you can create for your business. But by establishing your why, you're able, I think, to easier give yourself permission to say no, um, which, you know, I think we, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more. But, you know, it's really important as you grow, especially if you're like Marion and I, I mean, we're this way. It's like, it's a good opportunity. Um, So our initial inclination is always going to be, yes, you know, it's going to be, okay, how do I make this work? How can I try this? How can I sell this? How can I reproduce, you know, this? So I think if you're that way, it's really important to establish, um, you know, the, the habit of saying no to good opportunities, even sometimes Mm -hmm. to save room for the things you're really, really passionate about or really interested in, or that you have the most potential to see success in whatever that success looks like for you. Um, and establishing, you know, your why again, sort of gives you a really, just a tighter lens, you know, um, and it's not, you're not just all over the place, you know, you're able to, to create some filters for yourself then that, that allow you to say no as you move forward. Yeah. And I think that matters even more as you grow, you know? Oh, totally. Cause in yeah. the beginning, I know it's like, you just have to 
it, especially if you're in, a, you're in a position where you need the money, it needs to be a profitable yeah, venture yeah. that you're working on. Just then do you it. just, yeah, you just have to do it and say yes mm-hmm. to, you know, anything that you need to say yes to. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, once you get further along in your business, you're able to, you know, kind of be a little bit more particular. You're able to filter things out a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's good to know. It's good to have that foundation. And it's definitely good to to read it often and reassess it. Um, I'd say about mm-hmm. yearly to make oh, sure yeah. is this is this still why I'm doing this or has my why changed or maybe mm-hmm. the reason why I was doing this in the first place isn't even a reason anymore. So now I need yeah. to find what's my what's my new yeah. why. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So um, I think the last thing is, so if you're going to take this step, um, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but to, um, to take time to set it up properly, if you're, mm-hmm. if it's going to be a business, yeah. then actually set it up like a business. Treat <laughs> it that way. Yeah. 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 And that means like, you need to get liability insurance. That's like a key thing. You need to register yourself with your state. Um, just make sure you've got all of your ducks in a row and... Um, you need to pay yourself. I mean, there's a whole list of things we would say, you know, um, yeah. to, we to actually, set it up properly. <laughs> so we actually have a whole list of things. That's true. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's we put true. a whole list together, like a getting started um, a, mm with your business checklist. And, um, that is available with one of our courses. It's with the creative exponent course on starting a creative business. Um, that is, that's true. We did create that whole list, right? We did. We actually have a checklist. (laughs) Yeah. So if like, if you're taking that step, that might be a good, a good um, resource for you to go to. But um, as far as free resources, if you go to your state, um, usually um, the, de- what is it? Which department usually does businesses, like interior or something? I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, you're asking the wrong chick that. I just go to my accountant and say, hey, this is what I'm doing next. Tell me, point me in of- the right direction. <laughs> Anyway, so usually it's, if you go to, if you just Google like starting a business in, so Pennsylvania is where I started my business. So I know that they have a website called PA Open for Business and it's run Mm -hmm. by the state and it has all of these great resources on what you need to do to start a business in that state. Yeah. And while state employees are not always known for being incredibly helpful, just just total generalization there, not talking about anybody specifically. But um, when it comes to starting a business, I found like I was on the phone a ton with people asking questions and everybody I spoke to was very, very helpful. And I think one reason is because. Um, states want businesses in their well, state. Yeah, it, of they, it brings in taxes and and everything. Yep. It brings revenue for them. So Economic there's an incentive. Yeah. So there's an incentive for them to help you get your business going. And in many states, there are actually um, there are free classes you can take. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of resources to help you get your business started. So Google your state. Oh, I just heard your dog. Hi, yeah. Ollie. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. It's that's okay. There could be that could start. 
Is there somebody at the door? Like you're getting Probably. a package or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but any, anyway, so uh, just Google your state and starting a business. Um, and the only thing I would say is look out for um, non-government agencies, just companies sure. that are trying to look like a government agency. Mm-hmm. Want to make sure that it ends in, um, you know, dot org or dot gov oh. or dot. <laughs> What's the or or like dot pa if it's in Pennsylvania whatever mm-hmm. I'm not sure all the extensions that they're using but just don't go to a place that's going to charge you for it sure most yeah. of it you can do for free through the state website and mm-hmm. usually it's pretty easy too yeah it is it is and you know don't if if you haven't started it yet that all sounds a little bit intimidating it's it's really not it's a pretty short list of things you kind of need to knock off to to begin um especially if you're yep yeah, there he goes um yeah. especially <laughs> if you know you're just going to be you know you're not opening a you know a location um you know it's pretty approachable now um you know most states have it have it pretty you know laid out pretty easily for the, you to it, tackle even so when I started my business, it was 11 years ago. I was able to do it all online. Oh, yeah. Me so too. Yeah. that was 11 years ago. So now I bet it's even easier. Like it's, yeah. it's even more interconnected and it's it's fewer steps and simpler. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's very easy to do and usually inexpensive. I think I ended up paying about $50 total mm-hmm. in fees for just... Yeah, it's not much. Um, yeah, so we talk about it a lot more in depth again in the um, start, you know, turning your creativity into a business in that course. So that's going to be a good resource for you if you if you just feel um, like you just need that additional right. help. Right, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So anything else? I I guess a lot of these things we're going to talk about in much more detail in the future down the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we just wanted to get you going. Yeah. Because, you know, especially those first few points, you know, those are all, again, sort of like those those bigger ideas and bolstering that you can do for yourself so that you're really setting yourself up for for success. And again, we would encourage you, you know, you've got to define what that looks like for you and and your business. Um, But, but no matter what, you know, by, you know, treating it as a habit, your creativity and, you know, creating for yourself privately, um, making sure that you really want this to be a business and starting small enough that you can test it. Those are, those are things that if, if you could, um, if you can do those in the beginning, that's just going to be such a gift to you. It sort of takes some of that some of the pressure and the stress of starting a business, it does, it, it mitigates that. It lessens yeah. it so that you're able to, to see how things are going and take steps when you need to take them. And I mean, Oliver yeah. agrees with us. And there's he nothing does. we can do about him. He's yeah, a crazy, he, <laughs> crazy, he is a crazy, crazy dog. dude. You'll have to share a picture with him <laughs> at some point on the blog because he really, <laughs> he looks like a Muppet or something. Or a dragon or a Muppet dragon. <laughs> I know. He is, he so is a funny. really, yeah, huge, funny, <laughs> chocolate labradoodle yep. dog. Yeah, really <laughs> cute. Um, so, anyway, let's. So, we're going to go into our creative contraption for the day and, or mm-hmm. for the week, I guess. And you turned me on to this one, mm-hmm. and I am absolutely in love. Are you? I'm glad you're liking it. 
am. Do you want to do you want to tell the people sure. about it? So okay. this week we are sharing with you. It's a pin. Okay, it's called a Delphonics pin. You can you know you can find them on Amazon. We're going to write up an article on the blog about them, so you can find a link there uh, to find them. But they are they're wooden. So they, they're very lightweight, um, and they feel almost like a pencil in your hand. Um, they come in a ton of colors. I just like them. I do like the weight. I like that they're light, but they write really a lot like a pencil. You know what I mean? Kind of that thin, yeah, yeah and which I think is probably your favorite part That's about why them. I like it. Yeah, yeah it's a super fine mm-hmm. point. Yep. Leaves really fine markings, which I like just very, yeah. very, very thin pens and pencils. Yeah. And um, yeah, it just looks cool. It really does look like a pencil, but mm-hmm. it, but it's a pen. So I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I think they're, they're awesome. So yeah, Shauna I find that I like them more when I'm like, when I'm frantic note taking, I need something that's going to write a little bit, you know what I mean? A little bit faster, like the ink's going to flow faster. I don't know why. Yeah. Like if I'm taking notes on a conference call or something, you know, for for whatever. Um, I need, you know, I need something that's going to write a little bit thicker. But when I'm sitting to journal or to sketch or to plan, um, man, I, I, yeah, I pick it up most of the time. I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a I great think it's, one. It's become one of my favorite pens. I oh, kind of keep, wow. I keep it with my, my yes. um, graph gear pencil. Those two mm-hmm. are kind of my companions Staples. throughout the day. Yep. Definitely. There you go. So, um, so that's our favorite creative contraption for the day. Uh, so next time, and I am completely springing this on Shauna because we didn't talk about what we're going to talk about <laughs> next time. And I realized that as this podcast episode is coming to a close, I'm like, mm. hmm, <laughs> what are we going to talk about next? So I just made an executive decision That's and we're, we're going to talk about owning your place, meaning you looking at scarcity versus mm-hmm. abundance and yeah. and really our perception of those things talk about a passion point <laughs> it is yeah, yeah that's that's one reason why I picked it and I think it's also this is where a lot of people get either hung up or feel yeah. beat down when it comes to creativity or creative yeah. business is they feel mm-hmm. like well everybody's already doing it yeah. um so I can't do Where's it or they yeah, exactly. So we're yeah. going to talk about like really owning your place. I think that'll be a real encouragement for a lot of people. And yeah. I'm, yeah, I am pretty passionate about this topic Me as too. I know you are. So I'm, <laughs> it is good. Just get ready, get ready for like a sermon. That's right. That. <laughs> um, so if you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at yeah. hello at creativeexponent.com. And we'd love to know if you have any like um, creative contraptions that you love. Yeah. If you just have any questions or if you have a topic that you'd like us to talk about, mm-hmm. then just go ahead and share that with us. Otherwise, we will see you see next you week. Time. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Exponent Podcast. Our original theme was written by A Walker Spring and recorded by Ellie Swope and Johan Wagner. And if you like the Creative Exponent, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us at www.thecreativeexponent.com. And you can also send us an email at hello at creativeexponent.com.